Mushy mushy everyone and welcome back for another episode of Homer's Dope Nuts. As always, I am your host, the Simpsons guy, and I'm joined today by El Ray. How are you doing, El Ray? Doing pretty good. Ahoy hoy everyone. How's uh your summer been going here? It's been uh mostly spent at home, but it's all good. Winding down. The Rona has uh Made introverts of us all, I yes, think. Yes, it has, yes. But I've avoided the Rona to this point, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my travels to Oklahoma and California and back, I've managed to dodge the Rona. There you go. So hopefully we can keep up that streak going. All right. Uh, before we start, El Ray, is there anything you'd like to uh, talk about before we begin? No, not really. Just hope everybody's staying safe. Hope everybody's taking their precautions, drinking their water, all that stuff. Taking their vitamin D. Taking their vitamins. Apparently, vitamin D helps you fight off the Rona. Yep, so go out in the sun for a little bit. Yep, yep. Especially you pale faces out there. Yeah, I'm sure some of you could really use a tan by this point. Exactly. If you haven't left your house in a while, please go outside and get some sun. You'll be doing yourself a favor. That and go for a jog, too, because that helps you, too. Yeah, I'm sure some of you have uh, maybe become a little more Homer Simpson-ish in this whole... <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think I've gained like seven pounds. I need to get rid of them again. Well, there you go. All right. So, uh, today we will be talking about uh, the episode titled A Br- I'm sorry, Just Brush With Greatness. It's the second season, episode 18... And it aired, first aired April 11th of 1991. But before we begin our little episode, let me throw a little shout out to my sister-in-law's business. She's nice enough to sponsor the podcast with a couple of bucks every month. So I do her the favor, return the favor of helping her pimp out her business. Uh, She has a little Poshmark business called, uh, if you want to look up her store it's called puppy hustle all one word p-u-p-p-y-s-u-t-l-e and uh let me tell you a bit about it right so our curated fashion is a perfect mix of modern and vintage trendy and timeless and allows us to save the world with sustainable clothing one pre-loved garment at a time sign up with their poshmark account and use the code word puppy hustle when signing up for the account and get five dollars off your order Again, you know, it's it's a nice place to go when you're trying to look for something at the store and you can't find your, you might uh, have flashbacks back to your, especially if, when you get to be my age, you know, flashbacks to your younger days and you want, oh, I remember that killer Metallica shirt. From like 89, 90. From 89, 90 <laughs> and I can, no, I can no longer find it or, you know, let's face it, it was a small and... Even, you know, now I can't get into a small, well, I can, but it'll look really, really tight. I'm just older, right? So, you know, I'm a medium, not extra medium anymore, guys. Uh, so <laughs> we can go back and we can, we can uh, look through uh, these kind of stores and look for cool stuff like that that we can find in stores. All right. So getting back to our episode. Uh, we're going to start off with our traditional uh, chalkboard and couch gags. And sorry to say this, guys, but I think we've seen this chalk, I mean, not this chalkboard, but this couch gag a couple of times already. Uh, 
But let, before we get there, let's move on to the chalkboard gag. Well, before we do that, let's uh, open our beverages here. Yes, yes. Have a little toast. All right. Salute. Our beverages make this easier to do. All right. Uh, so we see Bart Simpson writing on the chalkboard. I will not hide behind the Fifth Amendment all over the chalkboard. Which makes me wonder what the hell he did. Well, obviously, he's probably in some legal trouble at this point. Yeah, because you know, I would only invoke the Fifth Amendment when I'm in some, when I could be in legal trouble. I wouldn't do it with my wife when she's uh, questioning uh, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because uh, that would lead to something else altogether. But the Fifth Amendment, we, we, we traditionally use it when we're trying to stay out of jail. Yes, it's to, uh, you have no, um, you're not responsible for self-incrimination. Yes, yes. The cops can ask you all the questions that, that they want, but if you did it, you don't have to answer that, guys. No, that's you the main part of the amendment. But there's other things to it. There's other things the to it. Just rem- it. Yeah, just remember that. You I know. believe uh, eminent domain's in there, too. Yes, yes. Uh, unfortunately, the government can take your house, but they do have to pay for it. Fairly. Fairly. They with, have to give you the fair market quotes. value. The fair, air quote, fair market value. And then that also, I think it clarifies that the military will have their own trials as well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Court marshals. <laughs> they're not subject to the regular legal channels. They have their own uh, court system to work through. Uh, but just remember, guys, the Fifth Amendment will not protect you from your parents. Yes. It will protect you from the courts. So uh, Also, you, just don't put yourself in a situation where you need to use it. Yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would help, right? But uh, remember, it's not your job to do the cop's job for them. Uh, they have to prove their case against you. You do not have to build it for them. There you go. All right. Now, as for the couch gag, uh, the Simpsons all run into onto the couch, and Homer's weight tips it, it over on his side, and Maggie, oh, not Maggie, I'm sorry, uh, baby, uh, yeah. yeah, baby Maggie, Maggie. yeah, I'm, I'm which sorry. Is, which is, I think, isn't that the variation on it in this case? Because I've seen it before where they all go to the side, but did Maggie fall to the center? Yes, she, she did. did. Okay, she so did. then it is a And reason. she falls safely on the couch on the cushion yeah. also. Okay. Right? So we have seen this before. The entire couch tips over, but Maggie flies up in the air and falls safely on a couch cushion while all the rest of the family kind of uh, squishes down on uh, Homer and his Big old round. Except butt. for Bart, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Bart. You notice Bart's doing a little yeah, clip hanging like, yeah. on the side of the couch. He's hanging on for his dear life. All right. So the show starts off with the Krusty the Clown show, yeah. which happens to be on location on at not on at Mount Splashmore. Uh, by the way, how can you not love Krusty? Yeah, Krusty's the best. Yeah, I mean, like... I do, I do find it pretty funny in this opening sequence that I get it. It makes sense for the show, but having a show on location, like at a water park like that, isn't that usually like a spring break thing? Yeah, yeah, it is. But it is Krusty. It is so. Krusty, so it's aimed at smaller <laughs> children, not at the bigger children, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. don't worry, guys. I know you guys are teenagers. You know everything, so I know. Just I'll, I keep that in mind every time I, I, I say something like that. Anyway, uh, 
Um, so, like I said, we st we open up uh, the Krusty the Clown Krusty the Clown Show, and they're shooting at Mount Splashmore. And Krusty says, "Okay, kids, it's time to." And all the kids at the same time shout out, "Croon along with Krusty!" Yeah! What a great name for a segment. Yes. Uh, <laughs> And if you notice... Croon uh, with a K. Croon is with a K. Yes, it is. Uh, so, they all start singing. I want to go to Mont Splashmore. Take me, take me, take me now. Now, 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 now. Mount, Spl Mount Splashmore, take me there right now. Yeah. All right. Again, I apologize for my singing voice. I realize it is not the best but... He was better than Krusty, I'll tell you that. I do sound better than Krusty. I, I will admit that. But, um, as a parent, uh, if I see my kids watching stuff like that, uh, what are they doing to the kids here? Oh, man. Well, I mean, they, do, they don't do it as obvious as that, usually, but, you know, jingles for toys and places like that or. Extremely catchy for that reason. Exactly. Yes, they're trying to get the kids to emotionally manipulate the parents. Yeah, you think McDonald's used ba da ba 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 because it's cute? No, no they use it catchy. It's simple. It's catchy. And when your three-year-old won't stop going ba da ba 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 that they want McDonald's after about four hours, yep. that's where you're gonna go. <laughs> you're gonna get that damn happy meal with that stupid toy. Mm -hmm. That's what's gonna happen, guys. Uh, how do I know? have two kids there you go one of them is a grown-ass man now but i still remember when he was a little kid oh my god did he like to go to as he called it at the time the donald's the donald's the donald's not i'm sorry guys uh don't start protesting my show i'm not referring to donald trump some of you may attempt well, to cancel we did, me for we that we did say it with an s we didn't say the donald yeah the he donald's. said the donald's yes yes so, uh, Lisa and Bart are watching this, and they do something we rarely see them do, right? They're talking like, well, isn't this shameless self-promotion? And Lisa, and, uh, Lisa said that, right? And Bart said, well, it worked on me. And Lisa says, me too. And if we look at the screen, they're holding hands. Yes. They're... When have we ever seen them hold hands unless they're scared? We Bart don't... and Lisa are just sharing this amazing moment of, being agreeable with each other. Yes. <laughs> yes. They both desperately want to go to Mount Splashmore, right? So, what do they start to do? We get our old gag back. Yes. Will you take us to Mount Splashmore? What does Homer say? No. Will you take us to Mount Splashmore? No. Will you take us to Mount Splashmore? No. Will you take us to Mount Splashmore? No. We get this over <laughs> and over and over again as he's eating, as he's trying to work. Trying to take a bath. He's <laughs> trying to take a shower. They're even there on the shower. Yeah. I would have kicked my kid's ass yeah, out of there. I'm like, get the hell out of here. I'm trying I, to... I was wondering, yeah. who lets their kids get away with it hell that Hell no, I would not have done that. No. But, anyway. But Homer did. Anyway. And... It finally gets to the point it, where he loses it. Yes, right. Homer is he's in bed with Marge. And the kids are there. Will you take us to Mount Splashmore? Will you take us to Mount Splashmore? And we can see a little smile on Marge at first, but then it turns into a frown, and then she covers her head with a pillow when Homer starts to lose it and starts yelling at the kids. And Homer says, 
Uh, well, they're like, well, like, will you take us to Mount Splashmore? Will you take us to Mount Splashmore? And he's like, no. And then Marge pulls the, the pillow over her head. And he's like, if I take you to, shut up. Will you two be quiet? You shut up and quit bugging me. And Bart goes, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then Bart goes, well, will Which you take us to Mount Splashmore again? <laughs> yes. And Homer yells, yes. <laughs> thanks, they, Dad. <laughs> they both go, thanks, Dad. Right. Oh my God! And by the way, this will not be the the last time we see this happen oh, either, yeah. because it's one of those running gags that The Simpsons just masters. Anyway, so we see the kids and Marge all running to the car the next morning, ready to go to Mount Splashmore, uh, and we see something that's quite troubling. We see Homer trying to squeeze into his old swimsuit. And when I say swimsuit, it's just some water shorts. Yep. But these water shorts are... They're above mid-thigh. They're above mid-thigh. They won't close properly. Why? Because Homer's ass has gotten tremendously bigger over the years. Yep. And he has failed to go out and buy new swim trunks. And uh, as he's... Uh, Walking to the car, Marge's like, uh, hey, uh, Homer, those uh, trunks don't leave much to the imagination, right? Um, and Homer climbs into the car and he squeezes in, right? He barely fits in and he tells the kids, heads up, kids, I'm moving the car seat back. And at that point, we see Lisa, is kind of, she's kind of squished with her knees up around her chin and she's like, it is back. <laughs> so we're starting to get to the plot line here that more than usual, Homer has really put on some weight. Yes. Homer is extremely fat at this point. And not with a PH, guys. With an F. Not the good kind. Yes, not the good kind, but the uh, bad kind. Anyway, so they drive down to Mount Splashmore. They start walking around, and uh, did you notice the uh, sick uh, truckers, or was, I don't know how you would refer to Homer's tan there. Oh, that farmer's tan? Yeah. yeah there you go. Yep. He looks like he's wearing a, like a muscle shirt, but he's not. But he's not. Uh, every part of his body that's normally exposed to the sun is yellow. Except for the part that's usually covered, mm -hmm. and we we see him like lily lily white. Yeah. So apparently, the yellow is the tan. Yes. Uh, when the uh, white folk over in uh, the Simpsons universe get a tan, they yellow. become yellow, not darker, right? Dark, yeah, I guess. Or so. you know, I guess darker. If you get yeah, unless you're the president and you get one of those spray-on tans and you become orange, there right? You go. That Jersey Shore tan. Uh, yes, a bunch of you uh, wider uh, listeners out there who like to uh, get the spray tan will know. Don't do it. Will know what we're referring to. Although I'm pretty sure that that industry is in decline now. That uh, that uh, president. I, I doubt it, man. I doubt um, it. Well, my PSA that is, if you do that, please stop. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Orange is not a natural colored guy. It isn't. It I think is. it's better to be pasty than orange. Yeah, you can just go go on natural. Anyway, so as they're walking around, the pasty Homer says, "Everybody stick together. 
we don't want to get separated. And by the time he says this, everybody's gone. And he's just like, don't! When he realizes he's all alone. Uh, And over the intercom, right, as they're walking around Mount Splashmore, we can hear the PA announcer going, challenge the raging waters of death. Dare to discover what water is really made of. H2, whoa. Great promo. <laughs> it kind, of, kind of sounds like the... Um, like the Monster Truck. Monster Truck yeah. Rally guys. Yeah. And, and again, early 90s promos, man. That's, yeah, that's how they, they, that's how they all work. Don't believe me, guys. Uh, go on YouTube and look up early uh, 90s wrestling promos, uh, Monster Truck promos. They're all pretty much the same. Do yourself a favor and look up some old Ric Flair. Oh my God! The master. Yes, you don't have to be a. You don't even have to be a wrestling fan to no. know who Ric Flair is. No. Just say Ric Flair, and everybody just automatically in their head they go, "Woo!" Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so they go to H. Well, actually, when I say they, I'm talking about Lisa and Bart. They go to the H2 Whoa ride. And Bart is kind of surprised that there's no line, and he's really happy about it. He's like, bitchin' no line, right? And they turn a corner. Yeah, and they go through the turnstile, and what do they run into? The biggest line they've ever seen, the, I guess. The biggest line in that you can imagine, guys. Imagine that you're in Disney World, something like that. Yeah. Right. You're about to get on that new Avatar ride or the uh, virtual Star Wars thing. Or here, how about this? Just imagine that the H-E-B just got some toilet paper and people oh, laying outside. There you yes, go. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. The early days of the pandemic. Flashbacks. So Bart starts coming up with this. Uh, I guess his wheels start turning. He's got a master plan to get front to the front of the line. Yes. Bart turns to, to Lisa and says, Okay, Lisa, turn on, the water, turn on the waterworks, babe. And what does Lisa start to do? She starts to cry. Mommy, I want my mommy. As Bart kind of like grabs her by the shoulders and pushes her through the crowd. As yeah, they lost pretend, kid looking for a mother. Come on. Yeah, yep, they pretend to be looking for mom and dad as uh, they put, cut their way through the line. Now this is a this is a very surprising scene for me, only because. This is uh, slightly out of Lisa's character. Yeah, she's really, she's really holier than thou. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do the Very right honorable. thing. Very honorable, yeah. But she works up those tears quick and goes, goes with it. Yep. <laughs> Guys, when kids want something, they will do anything they can to yep. get it. So all of Lisa's uh, little morals went out the window. On yes. Uh huh. So, Lisa and then, uh, you know, they get to the front of the line, and we see Lisa and then Bart go down um, the H2O slide. Having the time of their life. Having the time of their life. If you look at Bart, he goes uh, face first. Yeah, he takes a little uh, boogie board with him. Yeah, he takes a boogie board, and apparently he's going so fast that the wind is pulling back his eyes. Mm-hmm. You can see his, uh, his uh, eye... We call these things uh, the eyelids. eyelids. It is uh, uh, his cheeks flapping back. Yeah, kind of like he's close to breaking the sound barrier. He says bitching like real quick, but you can't make it out. Yeah. <laughs> and then, 
Homer finds the light the finds H2O2 and he wants to go in the right in the right too. Well before that, real quick, okay, okay. they do cut to that scene of Marge in the kiddie pool with Maggie. Oh god, yes. And I thought that was hilarious. She puts a little life jacket on she, Maggie. Maggie's got the life jacket, little floaties on, she, and she can barely waddle in that thing. But then she gets to the water and It's like one inch. Well, not only that, she walks on top of it because she's like Jesus because she's got so much float stuff on. It's hilarious. Yeah. And then she goes from the one inch thing to the two inch. And, and then Marge just gets like, scared. Yeah. Stay Marge, in the one inch. <laughs> like, no, no, stay out of the deep end. I'm like, oh my God. Oh. Hilarious. Poor Maggie. Anyway. So then we see uh, Homer get to the H2O thing. Yeah, he gets seduced by the H2O promo as well. Yeah, and he's like, uh, he sees the big line. He doesn't have the kids with him. So he comes up with his own with his own excuse. He says, line inspector coming yes, through. Line, line inspector, inspector. And he pushes people out of the way. Most, ki- most people are really angry at this. Except for this sweet little old woman. She says, God bless that man. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with her. I guess she really believed that he was the line inspector. Or there's some dementia sitting in or something like something that. Something like Could that. Could be like that. So anyway, we see Homer get to the very top and he gets on and he flings himself. And he's having a great time until... Until all of a sudden he just stops. He get He stops. Why? Because he's so fat he gets stuck in the tube. Now, this part makes me laugh. This is a water slide. It's a water slide, yes. And then we cut scenes to this command center. Like they're having a NASA rocket launch or something like that. There's this whole diagram of the water slide. By the way, did you notice a water slide kind of looks like the human digestive system? Yeah, it kind of does. It's like you're going in through the mouth and you're going to get pooped out. And so there's a little alert going off that there's a, what is it, like a blockage in, one, in a sector, in a sector, yeah, yes. they call it. <laughs> and uh, one of the technicians goes, it's too big to be human, which uh, gives us an indication just how fat Homer is. I love their solution, though. Yes. He tells, he, he uh, radios the uh, guy that's working the slide, the spotter, and he tells him to send a few kids down the slide and that should dislodge the blockage. But all that does is make the situation worse. Yeah, you see these, they start just letting kids, you see about three kids at the same time, having the time of their lives, and then they just see Homer's face <laughs> stuck in the tube. Yes, <laughs> and uh, Homer uh, blocks their passage, passage through, and they get stuck to Homer as well. Uh, so they have to shut down the entire slide. Next thing we know, we see a construction ca- crane picking up that section of the oh, they pipe. They take off the rivets. Yeah, they, <laughs> they're taking off the rivets and they take off that section of the of the tube out. And we see Homer's big old fat butt stuck there, and everybody is making fun of Homer. That, that's that part's funny. As soon as they pull that section out, you just hear boos. Yes. That's all you hear. Everybody is booing just Homer boo. for ruining <laughs> ruining that day at Mount Splashmore at the H2 Woe slide. Mm-hmm. Next thing we know, Homer made the news. We're we're we're, at, <laughs> we're back home at the Simpson house and Homer and Marge are in bed watching the TV news. And we see the newscaster going, uh, saying, 
Eyewitnesses estimate the man's weight at somewhere between four and 500 pounds. And Homer is greatly embarrassed by this. And what does he swear at this time? That he's going to actually go on a diet. That he's going to be healthy. Right. There will not be a pork chop that's too scrumptious. uh, No donut that's too sugary or whatever. Right. He vows that from, from this day forward, he will always be hungry. Right. Yes. Uh, anyway, next thing we know, they, uh, the news cuts away to Krusty and they're, inter- they're like asking him questions about the safety of the H2O. He's like, no, this slide is perfectly safe. This was an isolated incident. And then Cro- uh, Kent Brockman asks, I understand that, Krusty. Uh, and what you said just before the recall, that's, that's just what you said just before the recall of the tainted Krusty brand mayonnaise. Which leads me to ask, is there anything that Krusty will not pimp out? No, I think he'll uh, put his name on anything. I think he'll sell his soul to the devil if he can make a few bucks off of it. That's just the kind of uh, quote-unquote entrepreneur that Krusty is. So after Krusty deals with that barrage of questioning from uh, Ken Brockman. He says, now kids, you know that question. He says, now Ken, you know that question is out of bounds, right? And then he's like, uh, Homer's finally, all right, family, I want the truth. Don't pull any punches. Am I just a little overweight? Nobody answers. Nobody says a thing. Everybody's quiet. And then angrily he says, well, am I? And then Lisa goes, well, forgive us, Dad, but it takes time to properly sugarcoat a response. (laughs) And then Homer's like, oh! And then he goes and he weighs himself and... uh, most of you, most of you guys are probably familiar with the uh, digital scales. Yeah, you're not familiar with the old. Uh, I guess you call them analog scales. I guess analog. Anyway, basically, there was a wheel that turned on the inside, and however heavy you were, well, picture like when you uh, when you weigh your vegetables at the grocery store. They still have those old. Scales yeah, yeah, there. they still do have them yeah, at H E B. There you go. There you go. Right, so it, it, it works something like that, right? So he steps on it, and uh, those of us that are familiar with him know that it's going to move crazy initially because there was no weight. Now there's a, a lot of weight, or depending on how much you weigh on it. Right. But it, it's whatever, however much you weigh, it's going to spin around crazily at first because it's trying to adjust itself, right? So uh, at first it goes around to... Oh, 437, 50 pounds. Oh my God, 300 and, oh, 150. Because it's going back and forth, trying to adjust himself. And then finally it gets on its, uh, on its true setting and it reads 260 pounds. And Homer says, oh my God, it's 260 pounds. I'm a big fat pig. And Marge is trying to be, you know, Support him. Right. Well, you do have big bones. <laughs> and then Homer goes, Marge, no one gains 300... Uh, I'm sorry. Marge goes... I'm sorry. He goes, Marge, no one gains 30 pounds of bones because he knows she is just trying to make him feel better, right? And that's where Homer gives his speech that he's right. not going to, you know, eat and he's going to be hungry again forever and all that. Yeah, he says, I'm going on a diet. From this day forward, I pledge there will be no pork chop too succulent, no donut too tasty, 
no donuts, I'm sorry, no pizza, too laden with delicious toppings to prevent me from reaching my scientifically determined ideal weight. As God is my witness, I'll always be hungry again. And then his stomach growls and he goes, shut up! Yes. <laughs> that part's great. <laughs> By the way, uh, I will say this. Um, the USDA recommended weight for your height, I think there is something off about them. Why? Because I think this is when, at a time when we didn't have access to proper nutrition, so we were naturally smaller at the time because according to the USDA, my ideal weight is 135 pounds. So you're supposed to weigh less than me. Exactly. Now, you've seen me right at my slimmest, right? When I got down to 155 pounds, do you think I could drop an extra 20 I think, pounds? I think you'd look dead if you dropped another 20 pounds after that. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty damn slim. Uh, I, I say was. Why? Because, I, like I said, I think I've gained like 7 to 10 pounds because of the Rona. But I will try to shed them before we go back to school. There you go. Uh, but, yeah. yeah like, I don't know. I've never understood those Yeah, things. like El Ray was saying here. Uh, if you see us, we're about the same height, but our builds are different. My shoulders are a little wider. There is no way in hell I can get down to 135 pounds. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little bit taller, so I'm a little bit slimmer in that way. And it's, uh -huh. it, there's no way. There's, I'll tell you this. I'm, I'm a pretty slim guy, but if I got down to 135, you would think I'm dying. Yes, I would uh, stage an intervention for you. I think. <laughs> He's but, on the smack. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, when I got to 155 pounds, maybe I could have lost another five pounds because that's what I weighed in high school, about 100, 150 pounds. Mm -hmm. But you were also 18. Yeah. <laughs> then like 135, to lose another 15 pounds? That's insane. I think I'd have to chop off an arm or a leg or something to get down there. Anyway, um, enough about the USDA and your, rec and your scientifically recommended EMI. Yes, yes. <laughs> Anyway, so next thing we know, Homer takes Bart up to the attic, and uh, it's dark up there, so Homer strikes a match, and he's using that as light, and then Bart scares Homer by turning on the light, <laughs> because Homer's standing in front of a mirror, right? Yeah. So he tells him to quit it, and then uh, he kind of burns himself with the match, and before he throw it, throws it away... Uh, so they're I, looking for Homer's old uh, athletic it, gear. Yes. By the way, uh, did you notice uh, there was a bottle of uh, diet pills, or not diet pills, but like muscles in a bottle by so, Dr. Yeah. Nick Rubiera? Yes, by Dr. Nick. Yes, Dr. Nick and his uh, snake oil. Yes. He's always trying to sell that stuff. And he says, Bart finally says, Hey, Homer, I found your weights. And then Homer says, Ooh, the gluteus maximizer. Some butt workout contraption. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm not sure uh, if guys would do that now, but I see a lot of ladies on Instagram promoting their butt workout, so I guess they, yeah, they, they would be the ones uh, trying to corner that market. Remember around this time, it was a thigh master. Yeah, the, the thigh master. What else did they have? The, um, they had the thigh master. They had the, the uh, ab blaster. Was it the ab, ab rocker? Blast. Yeah, when that it's basically a 
contraption that shocks you on your stomach. Oh yeah, oh my that God. one. Yes, yes. I forget what the hell you call that and one. And then all those workout machines they would sell in the nineties, all those body by Jake mm-hmm. inventions. Yes. Oh, by the way, guys, if you do want to see something extremely funny and um, men who were not afraid uh, to lose their masculinity on video, uh, go back and on YouTube and look up old 80s or 90s male aerobic. Oh, uh, Richard Simmons. Oh, (laughs) my God. (laughs) You want to see the most... Comfortable gay man you've ever seen? There he is. That guy rules. (laughs) But even beyond uh, Richard Simmons, who he's obviously gay, right? But uh, back then, along with the bodybuilding competitions, they would have aerobic competitions. And oh my God, guys, I am serious. Look these up, but Google, but look uh, YouTube the male versions. If I were to see myself doing that, I think I'd slap myself silly. Because, oh my God, you just have to see this. Anyway, moving on, before I trigger some of you guys. uh, Bart stumbles across a bunch of paintings of Ringo Starr that are signed Marge B. Who is Marge B? That is Marge Bouvier. Yes, that is Marge's maiden name before she became a Simpson. And uh, Bart and sorry, Homer goes like, "Oh, she must have had a crush on him back in the day." But then, as he sees the amount of there's about seven or eight pictures yeah, of Ringo Starr. Yes, he starts to to freak out, and he goes downstairs to confront Marge about them. Well, it's the last one that gets him because the last picture she paints is is a picture of her and Ringo Starr getting married. Marge yes. is in a wedding dress and everything. Yeah, did you see the one of him shirtless too? Yes. Oh my God. And And so Homer's like kind of jealous at this point. Yes, he is extremely jealous of Marge's old high school crush. But Marge, of course. She says, oh Homer, don't be jealous. I was a schoolgirl's. The Beatles were very popular. I had a crush on him. And then Homer goes, a likely story. (laughs) By the way, I'm not the biggest Beatles fan in the world, and I always get strange looks from it. I go, wait, wait, wait. I do like Beatles songs, uh, but I only like them after I hear somebody else cover them. For some reason, to me, they sound better when they're covered by somebody else. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call blasphemy on you. See what I mean, guys? <laughs> this is what I have to deal with. Well, every oh, time wait, I wait, say wait, this. wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. I'm not completely innocent because look, I do like the Beatles, all right. Mm-hmm. But I'll be honest with you, I'm more of a Rolling Stones fan. Uh, I am. I love the Stones too, but I'm back from that era. I'm a bigger CCR fan. CCR is pretty good. Creedence Clearwater Revival. For those of you guys who don't know but what CCR stands for. And I will say, though, above all that, I'm a Led Zeppelin fan above all that. So, yes, yes. <laughs> Get the lead out. Anyway. Uh, so, now we're at dinner. And Homer is now very regretful of his diet, right? He's like, oh, why did I have to start my diet on pork chop night? As Marge hands Homer some steamed vegetables and rice cakes. 
And then Hobart grabs the rice cake. He's like, hey, I've been setting my drinks down on these things. <laughs> coasters. <laughs> yeah, he thought they were coasters, right? And then he takes a bite and he says, hello, 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 taste, where are you? <laughs> and Marge gives him a little bit of a little leeway here. Yeah, says, she's you sympathetic. can put something on it for flavor. Right, she's sympathetic. She encourages him to put something on no, it. No, I'm thinking maybe some honey. Maybe a little powdered sugar. I don't know. You know maybe some jam, maybe something some jam, like that. Maybe a little bit of peanut butter or something. I don't know. Uh, but Homer turns it, turns the rice cakes into a big ass sandwich, doesn't he? Yeah. And what? Well, Marge said there's only so many calories, and as soon as Homer makes a sandwich, oh, it's only twenty five calories. Yes, thinking that the yeah. uh, the rice cakes will cancel the calories of all of the ingredients. He had in olives his, in there. And all yeah. Oh my, there were whole olives too. Yeah. You didn't even cut them up or anything. Oh my God. Anyway. So we get back to uh, them admiring Marge's paintings there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids. So, yeah. yeah. Lisa's like, hey mom, these paintings are good. While I know, uh, while I know firsthand how fragile young talent is, I'd love to hear the particulars of how your, squ- your, how your gift was squashed. That's a dark statement, man. Yeah. I mean like, I mean, I understand uh, teachers encouraging kids to go to college so they can have something to fall back on. Uh, but if the kid wants to be a rapper and he actually sounds good, you, you probably don't want to discourage them from following their dreams. No, but you got to be smart about it. Yeah, yeah. You tell them, okay, so you're a good musician. So here's what you do. You still go to college. You get your degree in music engineering, so that way you don't need to hire a studio. You have all the education yourself, and when you're done making music, guess what? Now you're a producer. Yes, <laughs> you're a singer, songwriter, whatever the hell you are, as well as producer. Uh, you know, I've had you know last year I had a couple of kids that were uh, making music. You know, a couple of them are on. Google Music, Spotify, and all that, you know, I, that's great. Follow your dreams, guys. Uh, but don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Do some sound engineering. Yeah, yeah. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Make sure you uh, future-proof yourself. There you go. Right. Uh, so I wouldn't discourage them from doing it, but I would kind of encourage them to uh, get an education in something related to that field. There you go. Uh, because... If you wind up doing something that you love, are you really working? Mm-hmm. Well, think about it this way: if you uh, you have the credentials to you know run a studio and all that, or make a studio, and you are a musician, all you're going to do is make connections with other musicians that want to use your studio. Yeah. Guess what? If your music isn't that successful, you'll be making money off all that music you're producing anyway. Yep. And I like that word you use, future proof. Yes, Future yes. yourself. Good song, by the way. Massive attack. <laughs> All right. So uh, Marge goes on to tell her story about her art teacher, Mr. Schindler, uh, was wasn't that kind to her, and was very disappointed that she used her talents to keep drawing uh, what she what he referred to as that liver puddlian. Yeah referring to Ringo, and uh, 
she wouldn't have a future if she kept doing that. So Marge did what uh, just about any kid her age at that time. Hearing it from a person in a position of authority, she runs home crying and she quits. She quits. Uh, but she mails one of her portraits off to Ringo Starr, the man himself. By the way, his name, his real name is Richard, which he reveals later. Yeah. In case you're wondering, what the hell kind of guy is named Ringo? That's just a nickname, guys. Yeah. Anyway. But you would think of all the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Paul McCartney, John Lennon. George Harrison. The, yeah, they were the bigger names. Yeah, George Harrison's my favorite Beatle, but they're yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, John Lennon, I can understand why some people don't like him. He was an extremely talented guy, but by all accounts, he was a great big jerk. Oh, yeah. He was a, a massive jerk, but he, no one can deny his talents, right? Um, anyway. Uh, she decides to mail one of his one of her portraits of Ringo to Ringo to get his opinion of her art. But uh, she, yeah, she never got a response. She, never, she response. never painted again. Yes, she quit uh, after hearing that from her art teacher. So Lisa, being the uh, the good daughter, I would say that she is. She yeah. encourages Mars. Well, yeah, she says maybe <laughs> you could take a class at Springfield Community College. And Marge goes, I think that's a very nice idea. Don't you, Homer? And Homer's question is, do I have to do anything? And Marge says, no. Great, fine, go nuts. That's Homer's response. As uh, long as he doesn't have to do anything. Exactly. Homer proving to be the very supporting spouse that he always is. Yes, guys, that was sarcasm. For those of you that don't have a sarcasm meter. Anyway. So, uh, this is when we see uh, Homer's big old monstrosity of a rice cake cake sandwich. And he says, mmm, only 35 calories. (laughs) Which we all know is just not true. Next thing we know, we're at Springfield Community College. Yes, we cut scenes to the college now. Yes. And Lisa, along with Marge, are walking along and they run into Apu. And they ask him what he's doing. And he says, I've just enrolled in the screenwriting class. I yearn to tell the story of an idealistic young Hindu pushed too far by the convenience store bandits. I call it hands off my jerky, turkey. And he credits his brother Sanjay with coming up with with that title. title. Yes. There you go. Uh, So they keep walking along, right? They say they wish him good luck. And they... Uh, Real quick, though. Remember... Apu was removed as a character not too long ago. Uh, was he removed as a character, or did they just change the voice actor? I'm not sure, but remember, apparently his uh, character has been an offense for many, many years. That's why they did it. Uh, yeah, it was because like a stereotype, stereotype or whatever. Yeah, so that joke right there. You know, get your hands off my jerky. jerky. That would not fly now. No, it would not. Uh, by the way, why is it a stereotype? Because if you go to the big cities, a lot of the convenience stores are run by East Indians or you know, uh, of the people of the Arab persuasion. Uh, how do I know this? But even then, it goes. It depends on neighborhoods, because then you go to other neighborhoods and it's all Koreans. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. you know, it, it depends where you go. I, I will <laughs> say this right uh, when nine eleven happened. 
I was in the army. I was stationed in Fort Hood. And uh, most of the convenience stores there were run by Indians. And oh, let me tell you guys, they were very f afraid of what had happened. And they were afraid that they'd be confused with um, quote unquote Arab terrorists. Yeah. Uh, so most of the convenience stores that you would see in Killeen around the Fort Hood area, uh, they're outside glass overnight. They managed to kind of paint with American big flags. Big American flags. Big American flags saying, God bless the USA. Uh, I went inside to purchase uh, something to drink and something to eat. And they were giving away uh, pens with American flags taped on there. And I'm not kidding, guys. They're, I went in, in uniform and their, their hands were literally shaking as they handed me the pen and said, thank you for your service. Uh, like, I, the times. Crazy times. They were crazy times. Crazy and they times. were afraid uh, that, I, I guess they were afraid that Reed would go and bust their store and riot and loot and all that other stuff that you see nowadays happening, right? Not uh, your style. Not your style. Not yeah, no, no. That wasn't uh, what we did. Uh, we, <laughs> of course, we're in the military and uh, we know better because we would be punished severely for doing stuff like that. So, um, everything was... Everything worked out. Everything worked out in the end. Good. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, in case you're wondering why, uh, why that happened, uh, it's because it's, it was the stereotype that convenience stores were run by Indians. And I think the reason why, I don't know if they're going to stop doing Apu together. I haven't kept up with The Simpsons uh, for about a year or two now. I need to catch up with, on the newer episodes. Uh, I think they said something about uh, his voice, the, the, voice the voice actor should be Indian as well. Mm. So I'm not sure that they're doing it because of the stereotype or because they want him to be voiced by an actual uh, East Indian man. Mm. Like, uh, I don't know if you've kept up with this. Family Guy, Cleveland. Oh. It was, no, he was voiced, voiced by a white guy. Yeah. And he put on his Twitter that he would no longer be doing it because oh. he wants a person of color, a.k.a. a black dude, to voice Cleveland instead of a white dude. Interesting. So, you know, the, the times change, uh, opinions change, uh, so that might be why we no longer uh, have this, version, have of this version of Apu on The Simpsons. Anyway, so uh, they, Marge tries to sign up for the art class, uh, but they inform her that before you can enroll in that class, oh, yes. yep. your portfolio has to be approved by the professor. Yes, Professor Lombardo. Yes. And Lisa kind of like eggs Marge on to show the professor all of her work. Because we get a little we get a little second there where as soon as they say that Marge has to show her work, that she Marge gets herself. very, very like apprehensive about it very quickly. Yes, she's having second thoughts. She's doubting herself. But Lisa pushes her on. Marge says, Lisa, this was a bad idea. And Lisa says, Mom... Next thing we know, they're standing in front of the professor and he's flipping through her portfolio and she go, he goes like, very good, fabulous, even better. 
You have real talent. And Marge goes, you think so? Uh, my high school art teacher hated them. Yeah, my, heart, my high school art teacher hated them. And the professor's like, what? That man was a fool. I admire the force of his conviction. But a fool. But a fool, right? <laughs> and Marge asks, am I in the class? To which Professor Lombardo says, there couldn't be a class without you. If, you, if you'll excuse me, nature calls. And as he's walking towards the bathroom, there's a custodian painting a handrail, into which he says, marvelous! <laughs> so, I guess this guy, as long as there's paint on something, he's happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, is there anything that will not please this man? Uh, right there, if I were Marge, I would have like uh, had second thoughts myself. Yeah. Okay, guys, hang on a bit. And we're back. That was the very rare mid-pod pee break. Yeah. Yes, we've had a little too much... Uh, too water, water. Water, water. Yeah. Water. So we needed to take a little break there, guys. Anyway, so back to the show. Uh, we're still on this odyssey with Homer where he's trying to lose all of this excess weight. And we see him on the couch in sweats... And he's wearing ankle weights and wrist weights. Yes. But Homer is so out of shape. He can't move them. He can't, he can't even lift his arms or legs with these simple uh, ankle or wrist And those weights. things don't weigh more than, what, two, three pounds? Yeah, at the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, the heavy hands yeah. or whatever the hell they call them. And he's like, he's complaining that he can't move to, to Bart. And Bart's like, you really can't move? And he's like, no. So what does Bart do? He takes his wallet. <laughs> he reaches over. He grabs Homer's wallet, takes some money, and he throws his wallet back on top of his big old stomach. And all Homer can do is... Oh. <laughs> exactly, right? And then we transition back to Springfield Community College. And Professor Lombardo Yes, is, Marge is in her first day of class. Yes, yes. And he's like lecturing. Now, using the Lombardo method, you learn to see everyday objects as simple grouping of geometric shapes. Hey, we see how two concentric circles, various trapezoids, ellipses, and yes, even a rhombus can create an adorable little bunny rabbit. It's just that easy, he says. Uh, while Marge is trying to visualize everything as nothing but geometric shapes yes. while she's uh, painting, right? Uh, we, we cut back to Homer, and he's trying to lift weights. Uh, and then we see him trying to skip rope with uh, Bart and Lisa, right? And we see them doing this. Oh, they're singing songs yeah. while he's jumping rope. Yeah, yeah, Link, yeah, yeah. They're, they're singing Lincoln, Lincoln. I've been thinking, what the heck? He says, what the heck have you been drinking? Is that water? Is it wine? Oh my gosh, it's turpentine. Yep. But different, th different time period. Man. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, now the limericks would be a lot more colorful, I think. Oh yes, I'm sure. Not quite as innocent. Anyway, uh, uh, while they're doing all this, we see Marge trying to realize, visualize Homer as uh, nothing but geometric shapes. As, uh, again, he's trying to lift the weights uh, 
He's trying to uh, press the. Yeah, he's the, trying to do a bench press, uh, but he's he's tilting over the sides, and right. so eventually the plates start falling off the bar, and he I, finally gets the bar up. But there's he's really really happy. You see this triumphant <laughs> smile on there. There's no there, weight. There's no weight on there. And when we say weights, guys, we're, they look like the little five the pound little fibers. Donuts, yeah, yeah. Right. So he was trying to like bench press like what thirty pounds. Yeah. And he could only successfully. Let's give, let's give him forty with the bar. Well, forty-five. Let's give him forty-five pounds. <laughs> is the bar forty or forty-five pounds? I'm not sure. I think it's it forty-five. It depends on the bar. I think it's forty-five. Yeah. Well, back when I was at, in school at La Porter, it was forty-five pounds. No, it's kilograms, isn't it? Mm. No, those are the weights. For weights, forty-five kilograms. No, yeah. the bar. You're right. The, the bar is forty-five. 40, right. bar, the bar. I think is you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, been a while. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, so any. Um, we see Professor Lombardo walking around, and he's uh, critiquing paintings. Critiquing, yeah, critiquing all of paintings. his uh, students' paintings, right? And he's like, "Bravo! Walk away from it. Now it belongs to the ages." And he moves on to the uh, to another student. You, not another stroke. Well, maybe one more. That's it. Perfect. Right? You and gotta I, love this guy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I, I liked it as a character. They wrote him as the exact opposite of what Marge's high school art teacher was. Yes, this uh, guy, this guy is encouraging everybody, and you know all that kind of stuff. And by the way, did you recognize the voice actors? No, voice? I was actually curious about that. Who is it? Uh, it was John Lovitz. That makes perfect sense. Yes, John Lovitz, the great, the great John Lovitz. Yes. Yes, the comedy legend John. that is John Lovitz. Yes. yes. Uh, anyway, so uh, he's walking around praising all of his uh, students' work. And he gets to Marge, right? And Marge has drawn Homer. Doesn't he look kind of drunk? Homer is, he is, Homer is asleep, drunk, in boxers. No, not boxers, uh, it's tidy whities Oh, tidy whities uh -huh. and, uh, and a wife beater shirt with a beer still in his hand, passed out on the couch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Professor Lombardo absolutely loves the, this painting, right? He's like, he walks up to Mark and says, that's it, perfect, indeed. You find the inner beauty of your subject. And Marge is like, thank you, professor. And he's like, you're welcome, Marge. Walk with me. They want me to submit a painting for my class to the art exhibition next week. I've decided that to choose your bald Adonis. I doubt that Homer has ever been referred to as a bald Adonis. Oh, there you go. By anybody else. Well, remember, he's seen the, uh, the inner beauty. Inner of the beauty, subject. yes, yes. <laughs> and he chose to call him bald Adonis instead of fat Adonis, yeah. too, right? So he's trying to put this in the nicest of terms. Um, it isn't offensive to call somebody bald, guys. I am bald. It is just a fact. Well, I'm not technically bald. I'm balding. I choose to go bald. There you go. Right? Um, I think I uh, said this when I was younger. If I ever start losing my hair, I'll just shave it all off. There you go. I'm going to lose my hair with dignity. There you go. Uh, anyway. You don't want those four Homer hairs on no, you. No, no, I do not. So Marge's like, really? I wish every teacher was like you. 
And he's like, Marge, please. I don't take praise very well. And he's walking away and he sees uh, one of the custodians painting the sign. And he says, and he says oh, another triumph. <laughs> as he walks past it. Again, as long as it has paint on it, this guy's in. He's going to love it. Uh, next thing we know, we're at the art show. And we see the judge... With the three paintings in, the, three, in the finals. yeah. There's yeah. three paintings in the finals, right? We see Marge's bald Adonis and two other paintings. One is like a unicorn with yeah. a rainbow that asks why. Oh, it's a unicorn standing yeah. outside of a nuclear plant. It says why. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget the rainbow. We can't forget yeah, the rainbow, forget right? The rainbow. Because it kind of uh, completes the painting, right? Can't have a unicorn without a rainbow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Marge wins first prize after the judge deliberates and places the medal on her port painting, not portrait. And Homer, Homer celebrates too. Yeah, he's like, "Ooh, I'm a work of art." I'm a work of art, exactly. Right? He's not embarrassed that Marge painted his uh, in his rawest moment. <laughs> yes, in his tidy whities, uh, in his drunken stupor, sitting on the couch. He is happy that he is now considered a work of art. I'm sure some pictures exist of me like that. (laughs) I don't know about paintings. (laughs) Next thing we know, we're at the Springfield Nuclear Power Plant. And Burns is getting a portrait done by a professional artist. Yeah. And the portrait doesn't look bad on the screen. No, it doesn't. It, It looks like him. Right? Which is apparently the problem. He wants his uh, portrait to uh, make him look as some larger-than-life uh, kind of godlike figure or whatever. And he's not happy with the uh, artist's uh, realistic rendition of him, right? And he kind of like... Uh, kind of cusses him out. Cusses him out. He says, what kind of... Uh, where did, where did you, from what uh, correspondence school did you yeah. get your your degree or whatever? And he throws his portrait on another, on a pile of uh, portraits that he does not like, right? And there's a whole, like, closet full of them at this point. Yes. And he says, damn nation smithers, this idea of yours to immortalize me in a portrait was a half, was as half-baked as your idea about me having children. That's the scariest thought. Yes. Um, who would have to? Who would want to have children? Well, he's rich, so I guess a yeah, lot of women. Yeah, I guess go. a lot of women would like to have children with him. Anyway, uh, so Smithers says that mis- that he has sort of alienated alienated every artist in town, except for one. One, right? And he says um, he suggests Mrs. Homer Simpson. Of course, Mr. Burns, who never... <laughs> yeah, that's the, one of the running the gags. Running right? He never remembers who the hell Homer who? Simpson is. He's like, who? And she's, you know, Smithers says, she won first prize at the Springfield Art Fair. And she's the wife of an employee. She'll be easily intimidated. To which Burns gives his response. Excellent. Yeah. His tra- trademark, when he forms his... Fingers into a little steeple, and he's like, excellent. Ah, Mr. Burns, the gift that keeps on giving. Mm -hmm. So he says, 
Somebody up there likes me, Smithers, and Smithers replies, somebody down here likes you too, sir. Uh, Smithers really lays it on thick in this episode, man. Yes, yes. But we'll get to some of that right now. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. he really does. Mr. Burns just replies with a simple, shut up. He knows. (laughs) Yeah, by now he knows what Smithers really wants. Uh, Next thing we know, we see Homer again standing on top of the scale. Going back and forth. Uh And now he weighs 249 pounds, which is 11 pounds less than he was previously wearing. Right, because he was weighing 260 pounds, but now... He's at 249. He's making progress, Homer. Mm-hmm. It's all about that progress. So he right? runs downstairs excited and announces his, you know, his... Uh, progress. Progress, yeah. To, to the, the family, right? And Marge says, that's wonderful, isn't it, kids? And Lisa just responds, pass the moo juice. Of course, she's talking about milk. Yeah. And Marge's like, kids, remember... What I told you about showing a little res- a little support. And Lisa says, way to go, Dad. And Bart goes, you look marvelous. And Maggie lifts up her bottle and gives him a toast. Yes. A little cheers real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, you younger kids probably don't get the you look marvelous uh, reference here. Marvelous. This is a reference to a sketch uh, in Saturday Night Live by Billy Crystal. Yes. And uh, one of his characters was a skeevy pervert yeah. who would try to uh, seduce people. Seduce. And that was usually an opening night. Oh, you look marvelous. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's how he would do it, right? Showering them with compliments, right? You look marvelous. Anyway, uh, next thing we know, we're back at the plant. And we see the donut dude, the donut man, delivering another... Uh, box or a few boxes of donuts and he sees the donut boxes are piling up in the break room he's like hey what gives these donuts are piling up and we see a we see an actual error here we see carl yeah with the voice of lenny though right yes yes okay yeah that's i knew it yeah okay you knew something was up there was there was something off on that scene yeah we see carl who is black but we hear it's Lenny's, Lenny's voice. Lenny's voice. Who's, yeah, right, he yeah. is white, right? A little nasally voice that Lenny has. Uh-huh. And he says, uh, hey, yeah, Homer Simpson went on a diet. And the donut man goes, oh, my God, and I just bought a boat. Slaps his forehead like, oh, all his business is gone. Yeah, all of his business is going to dry up because Homer Simpson went on a diet. And while right after this happens, we switch scenes, and now Smithers is... Banging on the Simpsons. Before that, door, though. before that, uh, Mr. Oh, Smithers, right. <laughs> Smithers, Mr. Burns grabs a little door knocker and he struggles to he lift, can't it. lift it. He yes. can't really lift it, and he just lets it fall. And we just hear a, a pathetic little, yeah, right. And uh, he says, turns to Smithers, help me out here. Yeah. And Smithers just starts banging on the door That's with both true. fists. And uh, Marge <laughs> finally opens the door, right. And he, Marge finally opens the door and uh, Burns just walks in without an invitation. I don't know if you noticed that, but he just walks in without an invitation and Smithers followed him, follows him in. And uh, Smithers asks, have you ever painted the rich and powerful? 
And Marge goes, well, no, well, well, no, just Ringo Starr. And Burns is like, Ringo? And Smither goes, he was a drummer for a rock and roll combo called the Beatles, sir. And I, I'm sure you appreciated uh, Mr. Burns' uh, response to that. Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> and he says, Beatles, eh? Oh, yes, I seem to remember their off-key caterwauling on the old Sullivan show. What was Ed thinking, he says, <laughs> so, shaking so, his head disapprovingly. Apparently, Mr. Burns hates the Beatles. <laughs> yes. Again, guys, I do not hate... You don't hate the Beatles. I don't hate the Beatles. I just don't like them. I don't see the appeal. Again, yes, they do write good songs. How do I know they write good songs? Because every time I've heard somebody else sing their songs, I actually like them. I am the complete opposite, man. I think anytime, anytime anybody covers a Beatles song, it just ruins it for me. Ah, oh, man, you must not have heard good versions of While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Then. Oh, I've heard good versions. I mean, the, the, the versions, good versions where, are not the Beatles, I, in my humble opinion. The version uh, where uh, Prince is playing the solo is pretty damn good, I'll tell you that. Oh, God damn. For those of you that don't know, Prince was a freaking genius. The deceased Prince, yes. sadly. God rest his soul. And you may not know this by, even if you know what Prince is, even if you know his big songs and all that. A lot of you don't know. Prince can play guitar, or could play guitar. He could play... He can play almost anything. Almost but, anything, and but, he learned it by ear. But Prince is easily up there as one of the top guitar players of all time. Yes. He just didn't that show That little dude, I mean, that dude was a, maybe my height or shorter. No, that dude was like that dude was like five foot three inches of pure talent. That's all he was. Yeah, and he was like 130 pounds, yep. soaking wet. Mm-hmm. And... But, oh my God, could this guy make music? He can play guitar. Right. Here, controversial opinion. And some of you younger listeners out there might not know this, but back in the day, there were some big arguments about who was better, Michael Jackson or Prince. Yeah. Yep. I was always on Prince's side, to be honest with you. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Michael Michael was a genius. (laughs) Uh, but Michael didn't play guitar like Prince. <laughs> Prince couldn't dance like Michael, but Michael did not have Prince's musical, well, he did. general musical talent. As far as instruments, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because, oh my God, the guy could sing and dance like nobody's business, yep. but Prince could play just about any instrument you put in front of him. Mm-hmm. And again, why do I say he was a genius? Because he never studied it. He just learned it. He just yeah. learned it. He just learned it. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Anyway, I think uh, I might have to beg uh, Maverick to come back on my show as a guest host because he's a big Beatles fan. Ooh. And so is his wife. That could be fun. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how we'll see how it goes after he hears this episode. And uh, again, I do not dislike the Beatles, but I just don't like oh, them. I like, I like the Beatles. I really like the Beatles. However... I'm not going to say that they were the greatest thing since sliced bread. No, no. Definitely not. Anyway. Uh, Off of that tangent. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's get back to business, right? We see Mr. Burns talking to Marge, and he kind of like demands that Marge makes him look beautiful. And she agrees. Why? Yeah. Because she remembers what Mr. Dr. Lombardo, not Mr. Lombardo. Professor Lombardo said, find the inner beauty. You can find the inner beauty of your subject. So that's and, what she thinks she's going to do. Yeah, and, and, and a big, you know, as far as the character development of the writing of Marge, that, yeah, that, that shows you that how big Marge's heart is, that 
she's actually willing to entertain the possibility that Mr. Burns has, has some something beautiful about him. Exactly. One yeah. <laughs> he does not. Anyway. Next thing we know, we see Burns posing for the portrait, and Smithers goes, Ah, sir, at, at last the world will see you as I always have. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Burns is kind of like kinda dismissing. Yeah, right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, he knows where this is going, and he's not interested at all. And next thing we know, Homer gets home. And he panics when he sees Mr. Burns, right? He has one of those, <laughs> he has one of those, ah, moments. He kind of like pulls Marge to the side in the kitchen and he begs Marge to make him look handsome. Yeah, he does this, please, 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 but she does rarely, but... <laughs> yes. Marge, said, Marge assures Homer that all she needs to do is to find Mr. Burns' inner beauty. And he's Homer freaks out. Yes, because Homer knows the truth. <laughs> he knows the truth that Marge is, willing, is not willing to accept right now. There is not. There are not many redeeming qualities about Mr. Burns. All right. So she goes back to work, and Marge asks him, "What were you like as a boy, Mr. Burns?" She's trying to get the if mm-hmm. there's any innocence in him. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Did you have a dog that you loved?" And he's like, "Well, da." There's something on my leg, right? That's something. Get it off, get it off. He's like, get it off, get it off. That's something that he's referring to is Maggie. Mm-hmm. He said something instead of a baby, right? Oh, he, she, he sees Maggie as nothing, yeah. right? As a, as a, some kind of animal. Which is going to come back to bite him in the ass yeah. way later. Yep. <laughs> And then Marge's like, Mr. Burns, she's just a baby. And then Maggie, all we hear is her little suck, suck yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, sound as she's sucking on her pacifier. And Burns is still scared. like, oh, as he's trying to shake her, shake her off of his leg as Marge pulls her off, right? Next thing we know, Homer comes in. He's like, all right, all right. Who took the funny pages, right? So apparently Mr. Burns is not only modeling for... Marge's paintings, but he's at the house constantly now while this is going on. Yes. While Marge is working, she is, Mr. Burns is at the Simpson household. Yes. And we all know the disdain that Burns has for regular people and their impoverished, quote unquote, lifestyle, right? Unless it's a fight. Yeah, unless it's a fight, right? (laughs) So he's not too happy about being there at this time, right? Not at all. Uh... So, uh, Mar, I'm sorry, Homer is looking yeah. for the funny pages. What are the funny pages? The comics the from, the, from the cartoons from the newspaper, right? Uh, we see Smithers reading the, the comics to Mr. Burns. We see him, so, so Ziggy goes to the repair shop, and there's a sign on the doorbell ringing out of order. And Burns says, hey, hey, ah, Ziggy, will you ever win? And Ziggy is a very, very old comic. I think it's in there with like Family Circus old, right? Like yeah. Charlie Brown. Is he still making them? Also Peanuts. I don't know. I don't know if he's still making them or not. Because uh, I know after Schultz died, they've just now they've just repeated the Peanuts cartoons. Or, yeah. Yeah. They're just recirculating them. I'm not sure about Ziggy though. Hmm. Maybe it's because it's been so long since I've actually opened a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see, I remember Ziggy, I remember 
Family Circus. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, was it Beetle Bailey or something like yes, that? Yes, yes. Yeah, Beetle Bailey was in there. Prince um, Valiant. Prince Valiant. Let's see, BC. Mm. BC was always funny. The Far Side. The Far Side. There was, wow, there's one I'm forgetting. I can't remember what it is. Foxtrot? No. It's Calvin not, and Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes was good. Man, I can't remember. I, I, oh, well, there's a lot of them, guys, back from back then. Yep. Uh, by the way, uh, those of you... Oh, Andy Cap. Andy That's Cap. what I remember. Yes, there you yes, go. That's the old the drunk English guy, yes. <laughs> yeah, Andy Cap. Uh, by the way, guys, those of you in my economics class, I've always say uh, I've always said that jobs are disappearing. This is just an example of something that's dying out. In the newspaper industry. Funny papers, man. Yeah, the funny papers and the newspapers in general, yep. right? The only reason the New York, New York Times is still around is because of New York Times Online. Mm-hmm. Their their actual uh, sales, if they were just relying on their newspaper sales, they'd be out of business. Yeah. Anyway, and a lot of that is the world becoming more uh, eco-conscious. Yes. So there you go. Right. We uh, want to uh, save the trees, right? So we're reading our news online now. All right. So back to the show, right? Uh, next thing we know, she Marge is collecting laundry, and she accidentally walks in on Mr. Burns, who is naked after taking a shower in her bathroom. Right, and she backs out apologizing. Again, I don't know why you would apologize for walking around in your own house. And he kind of yells at her like, "Hey, I'm getting ready for a business meeting. What are you doing?" Yeah, like he owns the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, again, it's her house. Why does she need to apologize for anything? But she apologizes. She, she, she bursts it in, and yeah. she walks out. She walks out. She like. <laughs> Box, she backs out slowly and closes the door. And Bart's outside. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, mom, did you did he have those spots all over his body? <laughs> <laughs> and then Burns opens the door and sticks his head out. I heard that. Yep. And he cl- shuts the door cl- uh, quickly again. And then, of course, Smithers tries to put his... Uh Little, you know, two cents in. Two cents in. Sir, would you would you like me to leave too? <laughs> and he's like, of course not, Smithers. You're you're like a doctor, right? Yeah. He doesn't really think of him as anything, mm-hmm. as um, unless it's like a prof- uh, other than a professional, right? Which is weird, even now that some people still feel very uncomfortable with that. Yeah. It's like, it's a doctor. <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's nothing they haven't seen before. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But there you go. You know, that's... But uh, maybe uh, sometime in the future, I'll tell the story of me going in to get my gallbladder surgery with everyone on the podcast. It is quite funny, I think. But... Um, I'm not ready to do that now. Right, right to the Simpsons guy. We need to hear the story. <laughs> anyway, we're back in the kitchen, right? And uh, Burns, who is not on the screen, right? We just hear him yelling, Smithers, I want my tea! And Marge asks, asks him, doesn't it bother you that he orders you around like that? And Smithers goes, oh, ho, ho. actually... I value every second word together from the moment I squeeze his orange juice in the morning till I tuck him in at night. He's he's ju- not just my boss, he's my best friend too. Which is kind of sad if you think about it. Yeah. So then Smithers takes Burns his tea, Burns takes a sip and throws it all over Smithers and, oh, it's too hot. 
right? <laughs> and Smithers just clenches his teeth really tight. He's like, yes, sir, it's scalding. It's scalding, right? <laughs> As he throws it all over his chest. And I can only imagine how painful that feels. Mm -hmm. uh, as someone who has been burnt repeatedly, oh my God, yeah. it is just the worst feeling. Something about getting burned by liquid is just the worst. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. Anyway, back to the script, right? Anyway. So then we cut away to a legend. We cut away to we're, Ringo Starr. Yes. Uh, we're... <laughs> Back in England, Liverpool or wherever the hell Ringo, yes, or wherever the hell Beatles are from England, from Liverpool. Yeah, but does he still live there? Uh, I don't know. That's why I'm not sure, right? Uh, we're we're well, assuming it's Liverpool. Have we been doing a disservice though? Why has he been knighted? I think Paul McCartney was the only one that's knighted. Are you sure? Okay. I could be wrong. Well, I, in case to... in case we're supposed to be saying Sir Ringo Starr, my apologies. <laughs> I am not a Beatles scholar, guys. I've already professed my <laughs> indifference to them. So if you I get it wrong, I get it wrong. You got to respect titles. You yeah, got to respect yeah. titles. <laughs> it is Sir Paul McCartney, but it I'm not quite Sir sure Paul if it McCartney. is Sir Paul, uh, Sir Ringo Starr. Uh, while uh, El Ray looks it up, uh, let's continue, right? <laughs> uh, so somewhere in England, uh, presumably Liverpool, we see Ringo Starr. And he's surrounded by bags of his fan mail, right? Because the bags have mail stamped all over them, right? And of course, they were popular all around the world. So I can only imagine they're in several different languages, right? So we see Ringo Starr in an old school typewriter, not a word processor, not a computer, but a typewriter. And he's banging this message out on the typewriter. Dear Stally, in response to your later of December the 12th of 1966, my favorite color is blue and my real name is Richard. Thanks for the snapshot. You're a real cute bird. Love, Ringo. Richard Starkey, by the way. Richard Starkey, right? He just took the key out of it. Yeah. Actually, Sir Richard Starkey. Oh, is it? Yes, it's, it's it is a, Sir Richard Starkey. It's official, guys. Yes. Sir he Ringo was knighted. Star. There you go. I assume he was knighted after this episode. Otherwise, uh, they would probably be referring to him as Sir Ringo Starr. Yeah, I'm sure well. it was. Here. Anyway. I'm sure he gets points for being one of the last ones to be living. So there mm -hmm. you go. <laughs> and at the very end of the letter, he goes, P.S. Forgive the lateness of my reply. And so, yeah, he's he just sitting there with a mountain of fan mail. Uh -huh. <laughs> and his butler asks him if he's really intending to responding to all of to every single piece of mail that he's gotten, right? And he says, yes, right? They took the, they took time, the time to write to me. I'm going to take the time to, to write back. Write back. And the very next letter that he gets is from Mar from Marge Bouvier. Marge yes. Bouvier from Springfield, USA. Yes, no state. No state, because <laughs> we never find out what state Springfield is actually in. There's no state, right? So Springfield, USA. Uh so he has he, a package he opens it up and he sees marge's painting and he takes the time to write back to marge mm -hmm. but we cut back real quick like, yes. so while that's going on while ringo's admiring the artwork done by marge we flip back to springfield, springfield right yes. and lisa who is in her own house 
sitting right. by the front window, that big window in front of the Simpsons' house. Right. With her saxophone her at his home room. And her sheet music and just enjoying the sun and uh-huh. practicing. Practicing <laughs> her, her favorite instrument. And Mr. Burns is not amused, right? She, he demands that she stop playing the, the she, like that infernal racket, right? Yeah. And Marge... Marge like, hey! <laughs> Marge isn't happy, right? Like, what the hell, right? She, the mama bear comes out in her, right? And she scolds him, but he just tells Marge to shut up and paint. While all this is happening, uh, Homer is stepping on the scale. And he is now down to 239, 239. pounds. Another 10. Another, another 10. 10 pounds, right? And Homer is really happy. He comes downstairs to share the news with Marge. And he says, look, I'm using the original notches that came with the belt. And Marge is trying to praise him uh, for his weight loss. Encourage him to keep going. Uh, and burns, of course. In his foul mood, tells Homer that, that he's, he's the, the fattest man he's ever seen. Right? And Homer is heartbroken, right? You can see his heart get crushed. He says, if you need me, I'll be in the refrigerator. <laughs> and he leaves crying, right? And Marge is has finally had enough she's of had Mr. Enough. Burns. She's had right? enough. She's had enough. He's like, she sends him away. He's like, I've, I've seen enough. Go away. I can I, finish your portrait without you here. Yes. <laughs> right. And he, and Mr. Burns is all happy to walk away. Right. Because he wasn't happy to be there to begin with. Because he's not surrounded by the opulence that he's used to. Right. And Homer's going on a self-destructive path at this point. Marge catches it. Yes. Homer's, Mar- Homer's about to empty a whole can of whipped cream into <laughs> his mouth. <laughs> and Marge catches, catches him. And she says, Homer, now! <laughs> and she rips the can of whipped cream away from him. Marge is losing faith in her pain and ability because she cannot find the inner beauty in Mr. Burns. But when all seems lost, apparently there is a letter for Marge sitting yes. on the dinner table. Right. And Homer sees it and he sees it. Oh, it's... From Marge Bouvier. From Marge Bouvier from Ringo Starr. Yes. <laughs> right? And Marge opens it up and she reads it to herself, right? And, and the letter goes, Dear Marge, thanks for the fad painting of yours truly. I, I hung it on me wall. I hung it on me wall. You got it. <laughs> I hung it on me wall. You're quite an artist. In answer to your question, yes, we do have hamburgers and fries in England, but we call french fries chips. Love, Ringo. P.S. Forgive the lateness of my reply. And now Marge is smitten. She is completely... Ooh. <laughs> right? She, you can see her frown turn upside down. Yeah, she just recharged. Her, yep. And Homer tells Marge that she can do it. Right? She can find the inner beauty in Mr. Burns and that he believes in her. And she replies, well, if you believe in me, but we all know that she is really getting her, how do you say, her encouragement? Yeah. Right. She, she puts more faith in Ringo's, Sir Ringo Starr's encouragement than, he do, than she does Homer's. 
And she says, well, if you believe in me, right? Yep. But we know what she's really referring to, right? And the family's very supportive. So we get into this little scene of Homer and uh, I think it's Lisa and Maggie. Mm-hmm. They're all watching Marge paint. But she's going on for a while, so eventually the crowd starts... Look asleep and uh, they finally... Fading away a little right, bit. They finally go to bed, right? Uh, after Lisa and Marge has gone, gone to sleep on the floor, right? Uh, Marge gets this inspiration. She finally realized... Because uh, if you're watching the, 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 the scene, the cartoon... You see, she's gone through several... There's, there's several portraits of Mr. Burns by this point. Yeah, they're, they're all on her floor. She's not happy with them. Why? Because she can't find his inner beauty. But she gets this inspiration after they've gone to sleep. We see the smile on her face and she goes to she work. She throws on a new canvas and she goes at it. She goes to work furiously. Next thing we know, we're at the museum. Right? And Mr. Burns walks into the museum... And as soon as he walks in, the little uh, string quartet, whatever the hell you would refer to them as. Oh, yes, they start playing. Uh, for he's a jolly good, good fellow, fellow, yeah. For he's a jolly good fellow, right? They start playing it when he walks in, and he walks up to the painting, which is waiting to be revealed, right? It's got one of those ropes that you fancy, yeah. golden ropes that you pull down to, <laughs> to reveal the painting. Which. Mr. Burns. Right. He's like friends, art lovers, security personnel. Right. He's uh, talking to everybody there. He's like, this painting is unveiled. And it, uh, he's like, he talks about the painting and how they, the Springfield Museum decided to put one up of him because he's donated money for their new wing. Right. So they are going to honor him by exhibiting this portrait of him. And he, he's too weak. He can't pull the golden rope. He's... <laughs> with Smithers. He calls Smithers. He calls Smithers over and Smithers just yanks it down. And... All you hear is shock. And Ooh, gasps. Oz gasps. Right. And then we see the portrait. But we see this lady with this hat and this feather. Yep. Right. That's kind of like covering up a part of the portrait. Yep. Why is it covering up the port- part of the portrait? Because... Marge has drawn Mr. Burns completely naked. Yes, completely naked, as uh, naked as a jaybird, as they would say yes. back in the day. In his birthday suit, in all his the way. birthday suit, right? And everybody is kind of like shocked and aghast at the portrait, right? And they don't like it. They don't like it. You can hear them whisper. Uh, they're they're all like, no. Even even Marge's. Very encouraging. Art teacher is not pleased at this point. And I think, yeah. He says something like, ooh, I'm not sure I like this. Something like that. Yeah, they're not, yeah. But Marge sees the uh, the tone of the room. Right. And she kind of like pushes Mr. Burns aside and she stands in front of the portrait. By the way, um, this is one of the brilliant, one of the more brilliant gags. It's kind of like similar to the one on the Simpsons movie. Yeah. Where Bart is riding down the, the sidewalk naked. Yeah. Where every single part is like, every single time you think you're about to see him, he gets covered up. Something gets covered up, yeah. He gets covered up by something. Well, in this point, it's covered up by her hair, her head, some Homer's head, stuff yeah. like that, right? So, uh, Marge gets up there and she starts talking about Mr. Burns, right? And how she had a hard time finding the inner beauty 
of Mr. Burns. I think she calls him pure evil. That yeah, pure point. evil, right? But she realizes that he's old and frail and he's, that he's not long for this world. In other words, he's going to die soon. Yeah. I think she says, uh, yeah, she says something basically about beneath all of that, he is a frail human being just like everybody else. Right. Yeah. And then now the whispers and the chatters, the, the tone starts to change, right? We hear one of the art critics say, he's bad, but he'll die. So I like it. It's that teacher that says that. It's not Miss Krabappel. It's the other one with the glasses. I don't remember her name. Oh, uh, I don't Lisa's remember teacher. Her, yeah. Uh, I don't remember her name. Oh my God, I'm drawing a complete blank yeah. on this. Miss Hoover. I believe so. Miss Hoover. Miss yes. Hoover. Woo! I almost had to give up my Simpsons guy title there. Anyway. Uh, I love her quote. <laughs> he's bad, but he'll die. So I like it, right? Yeah. And then Mr. Burns, he's kind of looking at it and he's hearing what everybody has to say about it. And he walks up to Marge finally. And he says, you know, I'm no art critic, but I know what I hate. And I don't hate this. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then he kind of whispers to Marge, thanks for not making fun of my genitalia. <laughs> right, and Marge kind of turns to Homer's like, I thought I did. <laughs> Which <laughs> leaves all that to the imagination. Yes, you can... Uh, you can fill in the rest with your own imagination as we end this episode of The Simpsons. Great episode. I, I like okay. it. Okay. It is a great episode. Before we get to the donut episodes, uh, let's talk a little bit about this episode and what it reminds me of, the flashbacks. Uh, the whole shameless promotion uh, on a kid's show that was originally started by the Howdy Doody show. Oh, wow. Way back when. Right? So... Uh, That's even before my time, buddy. I, I That's before my time. That's before my time, too. I had to look this up. I had to do some deep research on this. Anyway. We also uh, get uh, some Batman references as, uh, by the way, when I say Batman, don't think the Dark Knight. Think of the uh, Michael Keaton version of Batman uh, because uh, we see uh, when the when uh, Krusty's kind of like wiping his makeup off, it kind of like uh, reminds me of the Joker, the Joker yeah. in the movies, right? Uh, there's also... Uh, as God, Gone with the Wind as, as God, God is my witness yeah that's a very famous Gone with the Wind alright as God is my when Homer says as God is my witness I will always be hungry again that's a uh, Gone with the Wind reference uh, the whole hello hello taste where are you I didn't catch that that was a back to the future I didn't catch that McFly Mc, yeah, exactly. hello knocking on his yeah, yeah, yeah so that was a back to the future reference we saw a Rocky reference when Homer was working out. Which is, at the time, think about this, 91, the whole montage of Rocky working out for the fight and everything is yeah. a big deal. Especially in the Drago one. Right? Yeah, oh yeah. that's the best Drago. one. Where he's on the mountain and stuff, mm-hmm. that's the best one. <laughs> uh, we also see uh, references to the good, bad, and the ugly when... 
Yep, the classic whistle. Yep. Where he's about to step on the scale, right? He's having a showdown with the scale. Yep. Uh, we have a throwback to The Empire Strikes Back. When Marge walks in on Burns in the bathroom. Oh, that's true. The Darth Vader reference. Okay, because yes, in The Empire Strikes Back, here's where my nerd comes out. I believe it is Admiral Piet. After he's been made Admiral, after they killed the last guy, mm -hmm. he walks into, uh, for those of you that don't know, Darth Vader has this little like chamber, chamber bubble thing that he hangs out in without his helmet. And there's a scene in The Empire Strikes Back where the Admiral walks in and sees the back of his head yes. all scarred up and everything like that. So, okay. All right. There you go. And there's a reference to Yellow Submarine. Uh, how is that a reference? Well, one of the portraits that Marge draws is Ringo in the Yellow Submarine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. So, uh, we, I, I'm pretty sure there's some other references that I missed. But these are the ones that caught my eye right away. And if you think I, there's a glaring omission, feel free to send me a message, guys, and know. I will include it in uh, the next episode, and I will uh, credit you for mentioning it. If you get enough of them, maybe we'll even start a segment that says where we messed up. Yes, yes. <laughs> so now we get to the dope nut rating. Uh, how many dope nuts would you rate this episode as, L. Ray? I really like this episode, and I really want to give it. I want to give it four out of five donuts. However, I have to give it three for two reasons. Why is that? One, the recycled couch gag. Yeah. I can't. That's that's a little bit unforgivable mm -hmm. for that and then two the uh lenny's voice coming out of carl yes so you lose you lose a grade for that so i'll give it a three just because of the uh yeah the missteps there there were there were a couple of like glaring mistakes on there but i still it's think a four it's a four in story it's a three in execution i'll give it that right. <laughs> I will still give it for donuts. Why? Because I've had dreams about that damn portrait of Mr. Burns. I, I watch The Simpsons so much. I've actually had dreams about wait, 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 wait. this. Dreams are nightmares. Let's let's be clear on this. <laughs> it's I wouldn't call them nightmares because I didn't wake up covered in sweat and my heart beating yep. loudly. But they were kind of disturbing. Disturbing, they all were right. Disturbing, right? They were disturbing. Yeah, things, right. Uh, so I will give it four out of five. Don't nuts because of that. Uh, that just makes this to me. That makes this particular episode unforgettable. It does. All right. So, uh, is there anything you'd like to share with our audience before we? Uh, Say goodbye. No, just thank you everybody for listening like always. And I hope everybody's staying safe out there, taking all your precautions. Get your sun, drink your water, stay away from people if you can. Go out for a run. Go out for a run. Hey, turn on our podcast while you go out for a run. Yes, it will make it more pleasant for you. Um, so before we leave, guys, I'd just like to remind you to stop by our official show Instagram page, which is official underscore homers underscore don't nuts without the apostrophes. Um, I, I've been slacking on the memes again. Uh, this coronavirus thing 
has put a damper um, on pop culture and uh, it's put politics to the forefront. And I want to leave politics the hell out of my podcast. There you go. So, you know, I've been kind of reluctant to uh, make memes about our current situation unless uh, it can appeal to everybody and it's just kind of funny. Uh, but if I get inspiration, guys, I will make new memes. If you guys want to contribute memes, send them to me, guys. I will credit to you. I will credit credit you with them, and I will send you many shout outs on my podcast. If you care to make some memes that I can post on my Instagram page. And until next week, au revoir, suckers.